I'm Kate Katz, owner and founder of All Hands In, a soft skills development company, and welcome to The Practiced Art of Kicking Ass. These are very interesting times that we're in, and today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how I am navigating a really challenging and difficult time. And what I noticed that really became a game changer for me during this period was that I was actually functioning in chronic stress, (laughs) and I didn't realize it. And the opportunity and the hidden gift in all of this is that it allowed me to spend some time understanding chronic stress a little more. And what I noticed and what I discovered was that soft skills and understanding soft skills and having a soft skill practice can be incredibly beneficial when it comes to navigating something like chronic stress. So today's episode is going to be really vulnerable. It's definitely going to feel uncomfortable at times. But I also know that by sharing this experience with you... It can also be very helpful, and my hope is that when this episode is done, you have a little bit more understanding around chronic stress, and maybe even notice that you yourself may have been functioning in chronic stress at certain points in your life. And my hope is to give you some tools and resources that will help you better understand chronic stress, how it shows up, and also most importantly, how to navigate it and try to really minimize how much time we spend in this. So let's dig in. So what's going on with me these days? Because things things have been challenging. I got to be honest, I'm telling friends right now when they're asking how I'm doing, I'm saying to them, 2023 is not my favorite year so far. I did not see this year coming. And when this year got started, it continually surprised me with like these gut punches that seem to come out of nowhere. In the entertainment industry right now, we are still navigating the strike that is being led by the writers. And I gotta tell you, it's really complicated. It's really difficult. And I am somebody who, as a worker in the entertainment industry, fully support the writers. I fully support the people who do the work of creating the movies and the entertainment that we all consume. And what's been challenging during this time is that the strike is not just affecting the writers. It's affecting all of us who participate in creating the entertainment content that we all enjoy watching. So when the year started, many of the studios, I think, kind of saw this coming in the distance. And instead of starting the year with work, which in my in my small special effects studio, we were expecting, we were expecting to roll into projects. And when the year started, it was all of a sudden our greenlit pro. nothing got greenlit, actually. We didn't have any green lights. Everything just kind of stayed yellow. <laughs> Everybody was on hold. And then that very quickly went to red when we saw that the writers were definitely going to be striking. And so I have been navigating now at this point for this this year, I think in total I was navigating about seven months of unemployment, which was really challenging. And I bring that up because it's going to highlight how this connects with chronic stress. So my year got off to a very vulnerable start with not having certainty around employment. 
that was kind of the first layer. But then I also had a lot of financial insecurity that was coupled with that and that was layered over that. An additional layer that showed up a couple of months down the road was that I actually had some uncertainty connecting to housing. Our landlord let us know that he was thinking about putting the house on the market and so that kind of kicked off a lot of fear and anxiety connected to security and housing. All of this instability, all of these multiple layers of instability really started to impact how I was showing up in the world. But what's really scary is that I, even though I talk about soft skills, right, even though this is like a lot of the, the work that I'm the most passionate about, I really was lacking the awareness of this until I had to like really confront it. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. The long story short is I ended up having to employ adaptability. I have a friend of mine that's on the East Coast. He was able to offer me some work and entertainment. I am now out here doing work and trying to get a little bit more of my financial stability back, trying to just sort of like do a massive reset until the strike is over, until things in LA feel a little bit more secure, until I'm able to return back to my home city and re-engage with the life that I love. But this has been a really painful transition. All of this massive change has really taken a toll on me. And what I didn't realize then, which is what I realize now, is that this pushed me into a level of chronic stress. So not just navigating stress, but the duration of this period really pushed me over into something called chronic stress. And that's what today's episode is going to be focusing on. So how did all of this impact how I was showing up? Because like I just said, like even though soft skills is my main focus, it's what I'm passionate about, it's what I like to talk about, it's what I think is so critical for our interpersonal relationships, our relationships with ourselves, even though I am so focused on understanding and practicing soft skills, this period kind of really took me by surprise because Even I, in the beginning, lacked the awareness of how this was impacting how I showed up. So how was I showing up? I was forgetting information as soon as it was told to me. And these were very uncharacteristic behaviors for me. This placed a lot of stress on my personal relationships as well as my relationship with myself. I was getting more emotionally heated during really simple exchanges and I was feeling overwhelmed by tasks that if I had been given these tasks maybe a year ago when I wasn't dealing with massive unemployment, when I wasn't dealing with financial insecurity, when I wasn't stressed out about my housing, maybe these tasks would have felt maybe a little frustrating, but definitely doable. All of a sudden this year, those tasks felt like it was climbing Mount Everest. They felt really overly challenging. I also noticed that my emotional bandwidth became so much shorter and my attention span almost completely dropped. It was really hard for me to stay focused. It was really hard for me to engage with others with clarity. I noticed that I was getting angry, sad, and scared so much more easily. And conversely, and I think that this was really important for me to notice and hold space for, reaching for courage, self-regulating, and maintaining a compassionate internal dialogue, those felt like the furthest tools away for me to grab. Not only did it feel like they were in the polar opposite corner of the room, but they might as well have been in another state. And again, like as somebody who talks about this practiced art of kicking ass, right, using soft skills to help you develop a, a map for how to navigate your personal 
relationships. I talk about accessing these skills on a daily basis. And yet for me, I was struggling to connect with those same skills. Realizing that I was in stress and not just stress, but chronic stress and understanding that shifted so much. That was really the tool that I needed. I needed to just have understanding of what the hell is going on with me. Why am I, why is this so, like, yes, I have all these things going on, but there's something else that's going on that's physically impacting how I'm thinking. It's physically impacting how I'm showing up. It's emotionally impacting how I'm connecting to myself as well as others. What is going on? And that's when I really began to dig into stress. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So when I'm talking about stress, what is stress? Stress is a hormonal response to threatening situations or environments. Healthy examples of stress, because we do, stress serves a purpose, right? It's, it's not that stress is the enemy. On the most fundamental layer, stress is actually really helpful and it's coming from a long existing place in our evolution as human beings. Stress is connected to keeping us safe. It's connected to us um, avoiding threatening situations, avoiding danger. And our stress response is actually located in one of the most primal regions of our brain. It's in, it's located in what, what's also called the limbic system or the, um, the quote unquote lizard brain. It's been with us the longest through our evolution. And that explains a lot because when we think about before we were like an evolved civilized species, we were constantly in survival mode. And so having a stress response is not an unhealthy thing. What we're going to talk about is how as modern civilized species, our culture has shifted in ways that really manipulate and exacerbate our stress response. So when our stress response kind of kicks off, it's being kicked off because it perceives a threat, right? And it sends off a stress reaction, which starts in the amygdala, and that's connected to our fight or flight response. And the amygdala gauges the stress response, and then what it does is it shoots out this signal to our adrenal cortex, which is located near our kidneys. So if we think about this right off the bat, we're having a conversation between our brains and something close to our gut. And if we think about what we feel like when we're in stress, to me that made a lot of sense because especially during this period when I've been navigating chronic stress, I felt so disconnected from my body. I usually am very grounded and stress showed up and really deregulated a lot of that for me during this period, which was not fun. I would not give it a five-star Yelp review. So when the adrenal gland gets the stress signal from the amygdala, it releases a hormone called cortisol. Now cortisol is also known as the stress hormone. Cortisol will, and this is the thing to keep in mind with this, cortisol will keep getting released until the threat passes or until the perception of the threat passes. And I want you to remember that when we're thinking about our current culture and our day-to-day functioning. So what this means is that our limbic system, which is where our amygdala is housed, needs to stop feeling threatened in order to stop producing cortisol. This is all part of our sympathetic nervous system which is, again, this is designed to keep us safe when we're threatened. This was part of our evolution when we were trying to avoid predators, when we were trying to avoid dangerous situations. This nervous system, this sympathetic nervous system, has kept us alive for hundreds of thousands of years. The way that I think about this is I think about this like the defense department of our body. 
it's there to keep us safe, right? In theory, it's a really great tool. So the example that I use when I think about this is like if we're walking in our neighborhood and we see this big dog and it's in a yard and it sees us and it starts running to us and it starts barking. Our fight or flight reactions get triggered and our mind perceives this threat and immediately kicks off the stress reaction, which is in the amygdala. Now, once we walk by this yard or the dog stops barking or finds something else to do, that's when our parasympathetic nervous system kicks in. So the parasympathetic nervous system is the system that says, okay, the threat's over. Y'all can chill. We're going to pump the brakes. And the parasympathetic nervous system allows us to relax, our heart rate decreases, we digest better, we're able to breathe more easily, we're able to allow for greater executive functioning in our prefrontal cortex. All of these things are part of the parasympathetic nervous system. In a normal, healthy stress response, we should be switching from our sympathetic nervous system, right, our defense department, to our parasympathetic nervous system, right, our, our hippie peacekeeper, normally and fluidly, right? That's the normal exchange, that these two things are there balancing each other out. But when we are experiencing, and this is what's important, when we are experiencing consistent and unwavering bouts of stress, we go into chronic stress. Now, chronic stress, which is what I have been in for the last couple of months, is feeling pressured or overwhelmed for a consistent period of time. Now, when I saw that, when I read that, I was like, okay, well, what's considered a consistent period of time? Because this is really important to understand with stress. Chronic stress did not define what a consistent period is. So this could be days in stress. This could be weeks in stress. This could be months or years in stress. I think what's important to remember is that you're overwhelmed for a consistent period of time, meaning you don't get a break. And I think when we understand what the healthy balance between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic looks like, it's usually momentary. So if you're hanging out in stress for 24, 48, 72 hours, that may be all you need to move over into chronic stress. And if you're somebody like I, like I have been dealing with this for months at a time, it really clarified just how much I had been staying in this really stressful position, being unable to regulate my way out of it. So when we're in a chronic stress, our health and security, our prosperity, our needs for friendship and intimacy, these things are all going unmet. And understanding that, particularly connecting that to our current culture, Again, when our most basic needs for air, food, water, shelter, health, employment, social ability, relationships with friends, family, intimacy, when these things are going unmet for days or weeks or months, or for some of us, it's been years, this is what pushes us into chronic stress. And understanding this is really critical for understanding not only how we're showing up, but it sheds a lot of insight into how others are showing up. These are some of our most basic needs. And one of the things that I kind of look back on when I think about this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Maslow kind of broke this down into this pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid is our physiological needs. And that's like air, food, water, shelter, clothing, sleep. Many of us, the vast majority of us, don't even have to think about our physiological needs. 
unless we've experienced a highly traumatic life-altering event like a tornado or losing our house right or moving into a, a desert right having environmental events where we can't drink the water those things are definitely happening in the world but for the vast majority of us we tend to have our physiological needs met but when we have that disrupted right and i had a little bit of that around shelter right when my when my landlord was like well uh well, i'm thinking about putting the house in the market all of a sudden i was like shit i have to worry about housing now too and it really rocked me to my core the second layer of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is safety and security. Now that looks like health, employment, prosperity, family, and stability. And then the third tier is love and belonging, which is friendship, family, intimacy, and connection. Now when Maslow was talking about this, what he was saying is when we have our base needs met, we can then focus on the next level. And as we move up the pyramid, we eventually, hopefully in our lifetime, if we are in positions of stability, in positions where we have a community that's helping us address these needs, we can get to a place of self-actualization. In our current culture, when I look at this pyramid and I see the upward momentum to leave each base level it actually requires there's a level of privilege in our culture that comes with this I think that it's we kind of need to acknowledge that that's inherently sown into this pyramid when we look at it from a cultural standpoint it doesn't need to be that way but the truth is in our society and in our culture it, it is that way for many of us so getting to a place of self-actualization can actually feel like a real privilege for me for these last couple of months what I had to recognize was that I was dealing with threats to my physiological needs, my safety and security needs, as well as my love and belonging needs. This was impacting my relationship with myself. And due to the fact that chronic stress was really inhibiting so much of my cognitive functioning, it was putting a strain on my other relationships. It was putting a strain on how I was communicating effectively with the people in my life that I loved. So when we're thinking about these needs going unmet, I also have to say like this to me gave me a lot more clarity into so many of the social conditions that I notice in our culture. When it comes to things like poverty, lack of affordable health care and housing, racism, sexism, and sexual prejudice, ableism, xenophobia, genderism, ageism, really like any social othering that causes somebody to stay in shame uncertainty and survival these kind of all are planting the seeds of putting somebody in chronic stress and this makes a lot of sense for what our culture looks like right now these days I think that we have a larger society that's functioning in this level of stress then we may be comfortable acknowledging. I hit chronic stress this year when work slowed down and I was unemployed for seven months. I had to temporarily relocate to the East Coast for work and then I got news from my landlord that he was thinking about putting the house on the market. So what did this look like when I hit chronic stress? I had impaired functioning in my prefrontal cortex and my hippocampus. This looked like I had a harder time understanding and retaining information. I had poor focus and poor memory. I was definitely emotionally reactive. My Sleep sucked. I was stress eating. My sex drive was not great during this period. It definitely was reduced. And I was experiencing bouts of depressed moods, which is very uncharacteristic for me. There are also additional symptoms to chronic stress. And this, I think, is also really important to know and understand. 
chronic stress for the way that it interacts with our body, right? This isn't even something that we choose to do. It's literally shutting down functionings in our body so that we can survive these perceived threats. And again, remember, chronic stress doesn't leave us until we view the perceived threat as being gone. And I think that this is really critical for, for understanding all of this. Additional problems that are caused by chronic stress are gastrointestinal difficulties, aches and pains, frequent illness and infection, and long-term mental health issues. If we view chronic stress as the toxic version of stress, if the sympathetic nervous system is the defense department of the body, they're keeping us safe, right? Chronic stress is like the industrial war machine of stress production. I found this lecture by Robert Sapolsky, who is a doctor. He's a PhD professor of neurology and neurosurgery at Stanford University. And I found this quote by him and I found this to be really insightful and really revealing. When you chronically turn on the stress response, your body is forced to ignore and repair the growth functions it would normally be performing. And then you've got this big challenge of how do you recover afterwards. This is what chronic stress is about. I think that prior to experiencing this, I kind of thought that like you voluntarily like you voluntarily had control over how your body responded to stress. And the more I read about chronic stress, I realized that if we do not have awareness of when we're in chronic stress, we've pretty much given up the entire game of having control over how chronic stress is physically affecting us. Awareness, I think, is 90% of the game on this one. So that kind of brings me to the next point of this podcast episode, which is how can we use soft skills in this moment, right? Because my whole thing is always like, okay, if this is the issue... Are there soft skills that I can deploy that are going to help me navigate this? And what I've learned with chronic stress is 100% there are soft skills that we can apply to this to help us navigate this. For me, I view putting soft skills into practice in this particular moment as a way of hot wiring our parasympathetic nervous system, right? So for me, in my relationship with stress now, I recognize that by deploying a certain amount of soft skills, this can charge our parasympathetic nervous system to kick in and put the like put the good feels out like put the like big Lebowski dude vibe out over our nervous system and kind of slow things down and and get us back to a healthier place of functioning the first soft skill that I'm going to um, point to is the soft skill of awareness bringing attention to what is happening to us internally and externally is like it's it's 100 of the game you know checking in with ourselves externally do I have uncertainty? Am I feeling unstable when it comes to housing, employment, food, finances, relationships, connection, or my health? Just asking that question. Do I have uncertainty? Do I feel unstable? Do I have anxiety when it comes to housing, when it comes to my employment, when it comes to food? or finances, or my relationships? Think about how you would answer that question right now. Having awareness of this is a massive help for recognizing whether or not you may be in chronic stress. Then asking yourself, how long have I felt like this? Has it been a couple of days? Has it been a couple of weeks? Understanding how long you have been feeling this way, again, really helpful insight into whether or not you have been dealing with chronic stress. Moving through chronic stress is really dependent 
on being able to self-regulate. And that is a massive soft skill to have in this moment. Self-regulation looks like understanding the ability to self-regulate And it has a critical advantage in turning the volume down on chronic stress. Self-regulating actually requires us to use a number of different soft skills to rebalance and kick off our parasympathetic nervous system. So how do we use soft skills to kind of self-regulate and move into parasympathetic functioning? Similar to awareness, number one is being able to touch into mindfulness. Now, I know when I say mindfulness, a bunch of you just rolled your eyes right now. I also have heard this referred to, and this was a little bit more palatable, somatic quieting. What this looks like is really simple exercises. This can look like box breathing, right, where we inhale on a count of four, hold for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four, inhale again for a count of four, and we do that four times. So think about it visually as creating a box of breath. Doing that for four cycles is a really quick and effective way of just sort of reoxygenating our blood, moving, functioning from our limbic system back to our prefrontal cortex, gaining control over all the physical elements that we, that are going to shit because we're in chronic stress, right? Also using things like visualizations, meditations, even just having mindful moments, taking a break, putting five minutes on your clock, pouring a cup of tea, sitting outside, doing nothing but that, putting your phone down, right? These things sound really simple and you're like, well, what is that doing? What it's doing internally is it's letting your brain know that the perceived threat is passing. You're calming yourself. And again, you're switching from being in sympathetic nervous system functioning to parasympathetic nervous system functioning. And this is what is moving you away from chronic stress. The more we are doing this, the more we are self-regulating, the more we are taking the reins and control into our own hands and reshifting the balance of our relationship with stress. This is why this is so important. You can also use calming music, just listening to nature sounds, even smelling fragrances, fragrances like lavender, cedar, lemon, peppermint, right? Just doing one of these things or some of these things is all about resetting that fight or flight response. The second soft skill that I want to highlight when I'm dealing with chronic stress or, or trying to move away from chronic stress is practicing adaptability. What this looks like for me is making a conscious decision to engage in more relaxing and low stress activities. So literally just making the choice of I'm, I'm relaxing, I'm drawing a bath, I'm taking a nap, I'm drinking more water, I'm going to be stretching more today, right? I have a 20 minute exercise I'm going to be doing after this podcast, because that is actually going to be helping me move stress and anxiety through my body and kick off my parasympathetic nervous system. All of this can feel really counterproductive when we're stressed out. It can feel again, like I said earlier, like these, these tools, not only do they feel like they're in the opposite corner of the room, but they might as well be in another state. This, it feels excruciating to have to reach for these tools. And yet when we have the courage and the ability to do so, we shift a lot. We shift a lot with our internal systems and we shift a lot with our external systems. What we're doing when we engage in these activities, particularly when it comes to adaptability, is we're telling our amygdala it's okay to slow down. It's okay to stop the cortisol release that's keeping me in stress right now. It's communicating to our bodies we can relax. (laughs) And that is a massive advantage.
and I don't really think I pre I truly appreciated that or understood that until I got underneath what chronic stress was. The other soft skill that comes to play in this that is a massive advantage is the soft skill of compassion. How we talk to ourselves, especially when we are stressed, really matters. If developing a compassionate relationship with yourself feels too uncomfortable, start with a simple motto or just an empowering slogan and repeat it as often as you can. This will allow that shift of your nervous system in how it perceives threats. A motto that's as simple as, I am doing my best or it's a practice, not a perfect. Repeating those things to yourself while you are breathing deeply does a lot to move us out of fight or flight and say to our amygdala, hey, hey, you can stop the cortisol right now. I'm okay. The soft skill of communication, being able to talk about what's causing us stress can make a massive impact on how we navigate stress. Now, communication can be really tough. And I want to highlight in this, particularly with this soft skill, having somebody that we trust who can listen to us and meet us with empathy is crucial for when we are trying to communicate when we are in stressful periods. When we're able to talk about what we're feeling, it's a giant step toward feeling seen and heard and understood. The flip side of this is that having somebody who can listen to us and again, meet us with empathy, it just allows that heightened moment of feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling understood, building that connection having that sense of belonging. And when we go back, when we revisit like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, love and belonging is one of the critical needs that we have. So the ability to be able to communicate and talk about things when we're in difficult moments, it's literally connected to reducing our stress. But the key moment is that you have to be able to do that with somebody that you trust and that can hold space for you appropriately. This is why talking to somebody who's like a mental health professional is really a wonderful tool or having a trusted friend or family member. At the end of this podcast and in the show notes, I'm going to be giving you a free resource, a free link to a hotline that's all about listening. You can call this hotline and the people on the other end are volunteers who are trained in the ability to listen empathetically. And knowing that that's a resource that you can have, especially when you're dealing with chronic stress, that goes a long way. Creativity is also an incredible soft skill, particularly when it comes to dealing with chronic stress. I am somebody who's naturally been creative my entire life, and I don't think I really had an appreciation for how powerful this soft skill was until I started doing um, a little more research and expanding my education around chronic stress. Often it can be really hard to name what we're going through. If we don't have the emotional vocabulary to talk about how we're feeling, talking about being in stress, it feels almost impossible. However, if we are able to draw or color, now I'm not talking about you being Van Gogh or, you know, Da Vinci. You don't have to be an artist. This is about being artistic. This is about being creative. So for me, using creativity can look like journaling, right? Just simply writing. It can look like crafting, knitting. For me, a lot of the times, especially when I'm overwhelmed with emotions or if I'm in, in stress and may not realize it, I end up collaging. I find that collage is a really accessible way to kind of move these emotions through me. Thinking about ways to use creativity can be a really powerful tool that's helping us express our stresses, our struggles, and our difficult emotions. So I have to highlight creativity as a really important soft skill when it comes 
to switching from our sympathetic nervous system where we are in stress to our parasympathetic nervous system, which is a much more relaxed state of being. The last soft skill that I want to highlight in this direct list is the soft skill of gratitude. Now, I know I'm always talking about gratitude, but here's the thing with gratitude. In the studies that have been done around chronic stress, they have noticed that when participants participate in gratitude, whether that's a gratitude list or just, you know, just in a moment saying, okay, what are five things that I'm grateful for? Or having a daily touchstone of gratitude, participants have actually lowered the sympathetic nervous system's response to stress just by practicing gratitude. And not only are you lowering the sympathetic nervous system's response, but you are kicking in and you are activating the parasympathetic response. This allows us to slow down, gain a little more clarity, tap into resilience, and most importantly, feel a sense of peace. Gratitude is an incredibly powerful soft skill when it comes to having an advantage over chronic stress. When we are engaging in all of these soft skills, even if we're just employing a handful of them or even just one, we are putting into practice a soft skill that is really underrated but really essential, especially when it comes to getting a handle on chronic stress in general. And that is the soft skill of nurturing. One of the things that I think was really helpful for me to realize, because we have such a busy culture, we have, we, you know, we, most of us live in societies where rest is frowned upon. It's, you have to be hustling constantly. It's there. I think that there's a lot of guilt and shame around slowing down. And the toll that that has taken on us is that we have really divested from being able to nurture ourselves. And, you know, the thing with nurturing, I, I think about nurturing a lot like the oxygen mask on the airplanes. You need to be able to put your own oxygen mask on first before you attempt to put anybody else's on. And nurturing is really the same way. When I am nurturing myself, I have a greater ability and I have greater energy reserves to nurture others. Versus when I am in chronic stress and I'm trying to help, I don't show up well in those moments. And it's, and it's actually being counterproductive to any goals that I'm trying to set. So what is the most important way to address chronic stress? The way that I think about this is addressing chronic stress, learning how to navigate it, learning how to deploy soft skills around it. It allows us to have agency over our stress response. It gives us greater control over how we are engaging with stress. It says to our stress response, I'm in control of this moment. You can stop releasing cortisol. It's okay. I've got this. Finding ways to nurture ourselves when we're in chronic stress, that's what gives us the power to move through it. And when we're able to move through it, you know, stress is, is not doing the amount of damage that it can potentially do, right? In our society, we see a lot of health complications connected to stress. We see a lot of poor cognitive functioning due to people being really stressed out. This was the thing for me when I was in it. I, I It was really impacting how I communicated to others. It was really impacting how I received information. And it was really impacting how I physically felt in my body. When we're able to gain control over our stress responses, we're actually stopping the damage to our physical, mental, and spiritual health. That's what's so critical about understanding this. And having a map of soft skills to help you through that is essential. I kind of always have to tie this back to kicking ass. And so for me, kicking ass is now, particularly when I'm stressed out, 
kicking ass looks like a combination of all the soft skills that I've talked about in this episode and understanding the power that this has over my stress. And this has allowed me to radically shift how I view things like a soothing cup of tea, journaling, talking to a trusted friend, or even repeating a simple mantra like, this too shall pass, or I am not my thoughts. I now see all of those choices as being so much more powerful and really not simple at all. I used to be really dismissive of these choices or these behaviors. I used to think that these were really just surface level salves and understanding chronic stress, understanding how my sympathetic nervous system and my parasympathetic nervous system work and function. All of a sudden that's radically shifted how I view that warm cup of tea or just resting. In closing, I want to just be able to say to you kickassers, if you are doing the things to take care of yourself, your stress levels, that is kicking ass. If you are doing the things to nurture yourself these days, to help you move through difficult moments, and not just push through it, or ignore it, or numb your way through it with things like alcohol and drugs. That's what kicking ass is about. It's not easy. It doesn't feel fun. But you're actually doing a lot of kick-ass work when it comes to taking care of your mental, physical, and spiritual health. And that is kicking ass. If you are struggling with chronic stress, if you've listened to this episode and you're like, holy shit, maybe I, I actually have been in chronic stress and I didn't realize it. Number one, know that you're not alone. I've been in this place for a couple of months now. I would like to say that I'm never going to be in it again, but I also know that that's not a reality. For me, having the awareness of when I'm in it is probably the most powerful tool that I can have. So if you're in chronic stress, number one, know that you're not alone. And if you are looking for resources to help you process chronic stress, or you're looking for additional ways to communicate about your stress, I'm dropping a link in the show notes. There is a resource called Caring Contact, and this is a live in-person listening hotline. You can talk about what's coming up for you. And this is at caringcontact.org. That's C-A-R-I-N-G-C-O-N-T-A-C-T.org. And they also have a hotline, which is 908-232-2880. I'll be attaching this resource in the show notes. And if this sounds like it might be helpful, please, please reach out and use it. I'm also encouraging you to reach out to those that you trust and talk about what you're experiencing. Chronic stress is a real bitch. And when we look at our culture and we understand our human needs, the need to feel loved, the need to feel accepted, to have belonging, and oftentimes what's pulling us away from those feelings are if we have shame or insecurity around health or employment, or prosperity, or if we don't feel safe in our environments because of environmental damage that's making it difficult to have clean air or accessible food or clean water. When we understand how our needs show up and shape our stress levels, and we also have understanding of how those stress levels impact our functioning, it's really difficult to look around our current society with judgment. I think that the vast majority of us are dealing with levels of chronic stress. And when we understand that things like sexism, classism, racism, ageism, the isms, right? When we understand that these play a massive role 
in our stress levels. On one level, I get really optimistic because I see I, I see a path forward from that, right? I see the need to be more inclusive. I see the need to really break down the judgments, to step away from the othering, to reach out and build bridges. Not just because it feels better for my heart, but because it's better for the health of our humanity. And that affects all of us. I think that this is one of the things that I'm taking away from chronic stress right now, from understanding chronic stress, is when we're shifting our relationships to stress, when we're understanding what it looks like to lower our own stress levels and how and how that shifts how we show up in the world, I have a lot less judgment when I see other people struggling to show up. And I have to sort of ask the question these days of like, what's their stress level? And can I just lower that stress level a little bit by meeting my fellow human beings with love, connection, and belonging? Can I just be a sympathetic ear? Or an emp more importantly, can I be an empathetic ear? Can I just be an empathetic ear to my fellow human beings? And how much would the world shift if that were the case? And this is where I realized that using soft skills <laughs> is incredibly important, not just for my own well-being, but for the well-being of my fellow human beings. And that feels a lot like kicking ass. So that's today's episode, Kick-Assers. I hope that this meets you in good health. Again, if you're struggling with chronic stress, please, the resources will be in the show notes. Please tap into them and use them. And if you are doing the work right now of nurturing yourself, know that that is not small shit. You are definitely kicking ass. And you got this. You've been listening to The Practice Art of Kicking Ass. I'm your host, Kate Katz. Our theme music is Let Me Groove by Music Unlimited. And if you're curious to learn more about the soft skill training and education I do with my company, All Hands In, check out our website at allhandsinworkshops.com or connect with our online communities on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for All Hands In. Remember, kickassers, kicking ass is a practice, not a perfect. You got this, kickassers. assers